From Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Hello and welcome to the It Figures podcast. My name is Scott Bailey and I'm a partner out of our Raleigh, North Carolina office uh, specializing in in insurance and manufacturing. I'm here today with Joe May and Rebecca Dancero out of our Jackson, Mississippi office. Uh, Rebecca and Joe also have a a deep focus in insurance and today we're going to talk about what was happening in the insurance markets before the COVID-19 crisis, what we're seeing in the market now, and what are some things that we're keeping an eye on going forward. So before we get too far into the material, uh, Joe and Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves, Joe, we'll start with you. Sure, Scott. Uh, As you mentioned, you're a partner. I'm also a partner with CRI. I specialize in the insurance industry and have been with CRI about 14 years and uh, started my career as an auditor with what is now one of the big four. Then there were there were twice as many of those big ones. Uh, that's not quite 30 years ago. So we're going to say maybe 20 something years ago. Uh, did that for a while. Found myself actually working as a staff member with the insurance department for a while on the regulatory side. So still serve regulators um, in our practice group today and uh, companies and regulators alike. Great, thanks. And Rebecca, if you want to uh, introduce yourself as well, please. Yes, thank you. So my name is Rebecca Dancero. I started my career with Carrigs and Ingram and have now been with the firm for a little over 15 years. I'm a senior tax manager in the Jackson, Mississippi office, like you mentioned. Um, So I've been working with a variety of businesses, but really the last eight years or so, what I've fondly referred to as my tax babies, which is like the clients that I've been working most with um, recently, are small life insurance companies, um, credit, A&H, and life insurers, accident and health insurers, and casualty insurers on a variety of tax issues from direct and insurance transactions from conservatorships to a sale of uh, to a large business um, publicly traded development company and domestic and foreign transactions so a wide variety Um, and what started off kind of as a necessity to serve our client base just kind of developed into you know affinity towards insurance company taxation Great, and thanks for uh, thanks for telling us about your uh, about your background. Uh, so we've got an auditor and a tax professional on the line. It's great to have that uh, the, those two views of what we're talking about. So uh, at this point, we're just going to dive into the topic um, and and really what we're seeing in the market. Our focus being on the hardening of the insurance market. For some of our listeners who may not be involved in insurance or may not be deeply involved with insurance, but know a little bit. What we're referring to in a hardening market is when we see insurers really pulling back on the risks that they're taking. And typically that's accompanied by 
increases in premiums, reductions in uh, the risk that the insurers are taking on. So um, if premiums are not altered, then we're seeing higher retentions for the insureds. So Joe, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of a picture, maybe a brief picture, two or three major things we were seeing before this crisis occurred, maybe in the uh, October, November, December 2019 range. Absolutely, Scott. And just before I jump into that, just to kind of go back and you were going over what a hardening market was, I want to talk about some of the key things that, uh, that drives that. And some of the things we see are falling investment returns for insurers, um, increase in the frequency or severity of losses, and then potentially any regulatory intervention that's deemed to be against the interest of the insurer. So those are the kind of things that drive a, a hard market. And that's, that's certainly what we, we're seeing and have seen from back through 19. Of course, a soft market, we talk about that. That's just essentially the opposite. So, so a hard market is something that is not necessarily good for consumers or the pricing side. Uh, but essentially what we were seeing uh, before um, COVID-19 and, and during 2019 was an overall hardening of the markets. And, and the hardening of the PNC market was really more of a global trend. Uh, the biggest increases uh, were driven in part by higher director and officer losses due to escalating security suits. Uh, on the life and annuity lines, we saw revenue rise a little last year with profitability rising at a little higher pace. Uh, a lot of lot of things going on in the market there, and I know Rebecca has a few comments that uh, that she has to add on that. Right. So some, you know, non-economic effects that might drive a hard market, um, of course, will be an increase in casualties and natural disasters. Um, so I know that the property coverages have been up significantly, while casualty losses have been, you know, basically flat. As for, you know, property coverage, particularly you know, in the trucker and the auto liability insurance, you know, there's been an increase in those um, losses due to driving longer distances. And I'm sure none of us on this podcast or listening um, have done this, but there's an increase due to more distracted driving. Um, and as as for casualty losses, although that those might be flat, uh, there have been increases, you know, in particular geographic regions where they're becoming more intense and more frequent. You know, this time frame, the March through May, um, there's been increases in flooding and tornado damages historically, particularly in the Midwest and South. Exactly. And uh, I know we were seeing in the market, we were seeing a lot of aggressive pricing, particularly in areas that have been affected by natural disasters. Uh, as you say, flooding, hurricane-related, or even uh, fire-related. Uh, and y'all both pointed to some of the areas where we saw the most, uh, or at least there was the most press uh, attention paid to the to the increases in those markets. So. So I know we mentioned that it looked like uh, there was a lot of lawsuit activity driving that. Are there any other areas that were affected or where we were seeing hardening of the markets, uh, maybe that flew under the radar a little bit? Anything that may not have caught all of our consumers' attention, either our insurers or our insureds? 
Scott, I'll tell you one thing we haven't talked about it's, uh, that was happening in 19 was a big trend, and it is kind of something that we'll talk about um, kind of post-COVID-19 uh, or during COVID-19, so I want to go ahead and mention it. It's just privacy and data management. You know, it's been a big topic for the last several years. Uh, and one of the big issues with insurers is just the sheer amount of data required to be managed and maintained. And that's coupled with, uh, with many insurers aging legacy systems. So that, that's created some problems with companies being able to meet new regulatory requirements regarding privacy and data management. Uh, and really, as, as technological rates continue to change and, and, and increases in, in consumers' expectations regarding convenience, of access to their own information continues to grow, you know, we're, we're likely going to continue to see companies struggle with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and moving from that, I'm glad you, you brought that up because as we start talking about the immediate effects of COVID-19, it almost feels like pre-COVID-19 is, is, is it's almost like a different world. Um, but you mentioned privacy and data. And um, I, I think each one of us is working from our, respective homes as we record this podcast. So uh, certainly uh, data management and privacy is, 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 is very quickly coming to the forefront of, of not just our IT and security professionals, but really all of us. But taking that into account, uh, as we start sort of talking about what we are seeing as the immediate effects of COVID-19, uh, Rebecca, could you kind of Help us see what what we're seeing first. You know, what are what are some of the first and foremost things that we have seen, really over the last, I guess, about the last month, uh, as that is as that's hit the market. Sure. So, you know, health insurance carriers, of course, are under a lot of pressure you know, to put a contingency plan in place to deal with increased claims, member questions and other communications and like joe said you know those who have automated will absolutely fare better um, some other immediate effects you'll see um, depending on how the pandemic plays out we could see a significant increase in hospitalization costs to insurers especially you know, given the shortage of medical resources course, costs are often a point of contention, but you know, the carriers and the states have been trying their best to alleviate some of those pressures, some of those issues. I know co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles have been waived for COVID-19 related testing in a lot of states. Um, and unfortunately, you know, other medical needs continue besides COVID-19 related medical issues. Um, a couple of things related to that, so health insurance carriers are allowing for faster refills of 30 to 90 day medications. You know, that's been helpful to a lot of folks. Um, hospitals, um, their patient transfer to keep COVID and non-COVID patients separated and to, you know, handle general capacity. They, you know, they, they've had to initiate those patient transfers. Um, you know, coverage is you know, driven by those billing codes, and I'm sure there's going to be headaches in the days to come revolving around logistics and billing related to patient transfers. 
Definitely, definitely. So in 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 speaking through one of the coverages where we were seeing a dramatic hardening before COVID-19, I wonder what your thoughts are on some of the vehicle and, and auto coverages since it, uh, it it would seem to me that a lot of road traffic has, has largely been cleared out. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I don't know if y'all received any emails from your auto insurers, but I know I did last week. Um, so on Monday, April 6th, many auto insurers announced that they will give its customers up to a 15% premium credit due to the decrease in driving as stay-at-home orders have been implemented. So I know a lot of people will be looking forward to that, you know, bump in their income come this next billing cycle. Definitely. Joe, what are your thoughts on uh, some of the things that we that we're seeing right away? Well, I know, um, Rebecca, you kind of covered a lot of the detailed stuff, but just to paint with a broader brush and back up, uh, Scott, you had mentioned when you, when you asked, initially asked the question, uh, you know, what's going on since COVID-19? Well, one of the things, you know, when people think of insurers, they think of paying claims, but really, you know, the insurance industry is, they're also capital managers and, and big employers. So, so there's a lot of ways that COVID-19 has impacted the industry and, you know, like most businesses, one of the key concerns of the insurance industry is just the health of its employees, you know, as we fight through a global pandemic. Uh, so insurance companies also have to consider their distribution chain, which is their agent force, you know, whether it's internal or external. Uh, the health and welfare, those, those kind of people are, are absolutely key to its survival uh, and the ability for the other uh, companies to to serve policyholders. So a lot of things going on in the insurance industry that that all the industries are facing it. And like many other businesses too, you know, insurers have to struggle with alternative work arrangements for employees, you know, adapting office configurations that allow for proper social distancing and all of this while assuring business continuity. Uh, and, and another thing, I mentioned this earlier on, but I wanted to go back to it as more and more insurance company employees are working remotely, you know, that brings more security challenges, you know, so, so guess what's still a big concern for 2020 it's, it's privacy, data management, cybersecurity. You know, those things that we've seen in the past few years be of significant, uh, significant interest and concern from the industry like that, like privacy and data security, is really going to be magnified more during these, these times when we're stressed to work outside of our offices and, and different arrangements. And so another thing just um, to touch on is, you know, of course, all the agents and brokers, uh, kind of the distribution channel, they have to deal with those same issues. So so those, those companies uh, and those agents, brokerages that's, that's really made that investment in automation early on are really going to reap some benefits from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know what we talked about on a, uh, on a prior podcast was we discussed uh, business interruption because that seems to be uh, really at the top of, of a lot of folks' minds, particularly in the hospitality industry, industries related to travel and things like that. Uh, any quick thoughts on 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 what's going on in that in that area? Yeah, let me let me take that one initially. Anyway, I, one of the things that's been a big, big, big issue, obviously, and, and state insurance departments are addressing that across the country now. Uh, one of the things that's that's problematic is that in most traditional traditionally admitted carriers, the they have a clause uh, in those policies, most of them that um, that that addresses 
uh, viruses and, and bacteria. So it's an exclusion that's in those policies, which is problematic, obviously. And then you, you do see some of those policies from a surplus lines perspective uh, that don't have that. So I guess first thing I would say is absolutely go check your policy and, and see, see if it has those virus and bacteria exclusions. Uh, beyond that, I would say that, as you mentioned earlier, Scott, obviously there, there's some uh, litigation going on that might change the interpretation of those exclusions and the nature of them. And then, so there's some questions going on. Well, you know, beyond the virus, was it, was it driven from the government? Well, the government took actions that hurt a business, but, but it was driven from a virus. So, so what's the causes? What's it going to be in court? I, I don't know, but there's a lot of activity going on with that. But first and foremost, go check your policy, see if the exclusion is there. Uh, if it's not, that's fantastic. If it is, and then, and then, you know, we'll have to proceed down a different path, but, but that's the first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as we're talking through litigation, I think we'd be remiss if we were to ignore the legislative wild card, the government in- intervention wild card there, because uh, we're seeing a lot of different state and local governments take action in this area to to see that claims are paid on some of these policies, even if it seems to contradict the coverages, we're seeing some posturing from the insurer side as well. Um, could you could you provide a little color on that, a little detail? <laughs> That's a tough question. I, I tell you, it's it's so early in the process, Scott. That right now, what I can tell you is is almost what you just said that that's occurring. Now, you know, to what extent will insurers, uh, you know, uh, fight that or, or maybe take a different stance and, and not pay or, or I don't know, but that's going to create some, a different, I guess, more litigation of a little different nature, but it'll, it'll involve the insurance departments as well. So all that's so early on that it's playing out and we're just kind of monitoring that to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Rebecca, are we seeing any effects in this area due to some of the legislation that's already come down from the federal government, such as the CARES Act, uh, anything related to SBA? Yes, Scott. So, you know, with many losses not covered due to those pandemic exclusions, you know, a lot of companies should consider financial stimulus options available from both, you know, the federal and state governments. Like you said, the biggest one out there right now is the CARES Act, and it's the largest federal stimulus package that's you know, ever been passed. So a lot of our listeners will probably have heard of this already, but the SBA has offered additional loan options for those affected by the COVID-19. Um, the CARES Act also provides for payroll tax relief for certain employers. Um, and another big one that's particularly um, been a relief for me is the extension of income tax due dates. Originally, it was extended from April 15th to July 15th. Now, just last Thursday, however, um, much to a lot of people's relief, um, that extension has been extended to any income tax payments that were due on or before, I'm sorry, on or after April 1st through before July 15th. So, you know, that's going to allow people the option to defer some income tax payments, which will be um, certainly helpful. 
other um, aspects of the CARES Act that businesses will want to look into to help free up cash possibly will be to file amended tax returns. So there's probably um, four options that will particularly um, be helpful. The CARES Act expanded net operating loss limitations. So before the CARES Act, you know, there was a um, tightening of the rules around net operating losses. Um, for PC companies, it wasn't as big of an effect. Um, they were still able to carry back losses two years, but for life companies and for other business entities, uh, that loss carry back was not available. And in order to carry it forward, it was limited to 80%. Well, with the CARES Act, um, all companies can now carry back for five years. And if you carry it forward, there's no longer an 80% limitation. So that will be probably very helpful for a lot of businesses. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds like you're going to have a busy summer too, doesn't it? Yes, so that will probably push work into the summer, but we're thankful to have that work. Um, and Scott, I did want to mention one more thing really quick. Um, this is nothing related to any new legislation, but um, this option for health and PC companies that's been around for a while is there's an abnormal loss benefit available to non-life insurers, which lets them treat some capital losses as ordinary losses as a result from disposals of investments needed to cover abnormal cash outflows from big catastrophic losses and to meet dividend obligations to policyholders. That's just a little bit of um, tax planning that folks can talk to their tax advisor about. Absolutely. And we know that our insurers utilize investments to, um, to, to fund future losses. So that will absolutely be of, be of interest to them. Um, any other thoughts on what we're seeing, what to expect? I mean, I know we're in this, this moment where there's really not a lot of things that we can predict, but anything that you, uh, you guys are seeing uh, as we try to read the tea leaves going forward? <laughs> That's always a dangerous thing to do. But uh, just to hit on a few points regarding prices, you know, you remember some of those things that we talked about, you know, uh, things that we listed as drivers for a hard market. Well, some of those things are certainly occurring. So, you know, it looks like interest rates are going to be low. Uh, and, and as you said, Scott, much of our, our traditional insurance investment portfolio is bonds and, and, and we rely heavily upon different different investments. So, you know, investment returns for insurers are likely to, to be uh, low for the for the coming year, so that's something that can drive a hardening market. Certainly, I, you know, I think we talked about automation at the time too. I think that um that, that that the pandemic will actually drive automation in the insurance industry to increase at a faster rate than what we've seen uh, recently. Uh, and of course, something else we touched on just you know there's going to be a spike in certain types of claims, and um you know really one of the overall biggest concerns of the insurance industry is the overall economic environment, you know, specifically, you know, future prospects for, for growth and profitability of the insurers and the underwriting and investment portfolios. I mean, those are the overarching things that insurance companies are, are looking down the road, trying to, trying to read those tea leaves. Sure. Sure. Well, I appreciate 
the contributions from both you, Joe, and you, Rebecca. Thank you for taking time to speak on this topic, to provide your insights, and, and we hope this will be of some value to you, the listeners. Uh, thanks to you as well for taking the time to, to hear our thoughts. Thank you for joining us here on the It Figures podcast, uh, which is available on uh, all the major outlets for your podcasting consumption. We hope that you will consider subscribing. And if you have questions, if you have needs for you or your business, we also hope that you'll reach out to us for, uh, for that assistance. In addition, we have a section on our website dedicated to COVID-19. Our resources and, and content are located there, and we're producing content at a, at a very high rate as this situation continues to evolve at a similarly high rate. Thanks to all of you again for your time and have a great day. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 